0: Ah, here we go again. Another compliance training. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today to talk Uh, about fiscal compliance in the new year. Hey! DIY Narrator is back in action. Mostly. Sorry about the delay in this final episode of the series. It's been a rough couple of weeks for being a voice talent. Like I mentioned in part 2 of the series, I was struggling a bit with a cold, and then that cold wouldn't let up, and eventually it morphed itself into a sinus infection, and that's been a blast getting over. And You can probably hear some of the residual stuffiness, I'm still not quite there. I'll spare you the details, but let's suffice to say that I'm definitely feeling better Um, But my voice has still been a bit intermittent and, uh, you know, I've been recording when I can uh, between bouts of stuffiness. Also, kind of cool news, I have a new microphone. So, I'm on the new mic right now. It's a shotgun mic. Normally, I record on a large diaphragm condenser, uh, a Neumann TLM-103, if you're interested. This is a Sennheiser 416 which is the other very popular voiceover mic uh, made popular by the one and only don lafontaine which uh, if you don't know him definitely look him up he's a voiceover uh legend that's for sure back to the topic at hand uh when i left you last we were talking about saving time in the narration process This is the last part of the three-part series, but I'm sure it won't be the last time that we talk about time-saving tips. Anytime I come up with something new, I'm sure it'll make its way into an episode. In part one, which was episode eight of the DIY Narrator podcast, we talked about saving time in the process by improving your script. It involved things like editing and planning ahead by thinking about what you'll need to produce as far as finished audio files go. In part two, we talked about actually saving time during the narration process and setting yourself up for success when it comes to saving time in the editing process. That was a little bonus tip and a bonus video, which I'll be linked to in the show notes here as well. And we'll talk about that tip again in a second. Now we're actually going to talk about the editing process. And honestly, it's probably the part where people will spend the most amount of time. In the editing process, you have to clean up your mistakes, you have to listen to the recording front to back and ensure you didn't say something incorrect or off script. You have to split the files, you have to remove noise, you have to do some audio massaging with EQ and loudness and other effects, and then you have to render out the final MP3s. There are tons of things in the editing process that can save you some time, and a lot of it is just getting better at doing it and just doing it more. And I'll talk about some other ones in future episodes of the DIY Narrator Podcast, but I want to talk about a few specific things that are really the big time-saving tips that you may not have actually considered for your editing process. The first one I want to talk about, I discussed in the last episode too. It's the dog clicker trick. You can go back to the last episode for a different explanation, but essentially you can use a dog clicker to spike the audio waveform and indicate where you made a mistake. Doing this will make it much easier and faster to cut out your fumbles and stammers and other mistakes. I won't go too deep into this, but quick overview again. When you're narrating, you click once when you make a mistake. Then you go back to the start of that sentence or whatever works and start over. If you make a mistake on that same sentence again, you click twice and you start over. Another mistake, you click three times until you get it right. Continued. Three times, four times, five times for the fifth mistake, till you get it right. Then you can use that sequence of clicks to easily see where your mistakes were and then where you finally got it right. And you can cut out a large swath of audio and just remove the mistakes without having to listen back to find out where you actually got it right. And that trick alone will save you a ton of time when it comes to editing because you don't have to listen to find the start and the finish of the good sentence. You just clip out all the garbage. I also put together a quick demonstration video of that, so check it out and I'll link to it in the show notes at diynarrator.com. Let's get on to a new tip though. And these are all tips that have to do with using your recording interface, the DAW, and they're probably not something you want to do when you're in the middle of a project. There's something you want to take the time to do in your professional development time. You do set aside time for professional development, right? So these tips are all about getting to know your DAW, or your digital audio workstation. It's the application you use to record audio, be it Audacity or Reaper, which is what I use, GarageBand, Adobe Audition, Sonar, Hindenburg Journalist, Pro Tools, or whatever else. The time invested in understanding and getting to know your DAW will save you a ton of time over the course of your recording career. Each of these tips should apply to any application, but they might vary a bit in name or availability. And I'm going to focus mainly on Audacity because I'm assuming that a lot of you are probably using Audacity because it's free, it's simple to use, and it's very well known. The first tip is getting to know your shortcut keys. Having to use the mouse for everything really slows you down. So know your quick shortcut keys and save a few seconds hundreds of times in an editing session. Print out a reference card with a handful of things that you might actually use. And they should become second nature so quickly that you probably won't even remember them at some point. You'll just be able to use them without thinking about it. In fact, when I was coming up with a list of shortcut keys, I could only remember one or two that I actually used despite using a bunch every single day. So here are a few of the shortcuts that you might want to commit to memory. First of all, play and stop quick note about this and pretty much all DAWs play and stop are going to be the same key and they're usually just the space bar so definitely play and stop use that space bar the next one is recording starting recording and then you'll stop it with the space bar again but starting the recording and then being able to start the recording in different recording modes if you have different recording modes audacity for example has two different recording functions that a lot of people might not know about The first is just regular recording, which is triggered just by hitting the R key. It'll start recording at the beginning of the track or wherever you put your cursor. The second function is append recording, and it's really, really useful. It's triggered with Shift-R, and it'll start recording at the end of the track effectively appending the new stuff to the end of the current project that you're working on. And it's really handy because you can be anywhere in your track on messing with the waveform. And when you're ready to record, you don't have to scroll all the way to the end, click and drop your cursor there and then hit record. You just hit shift R from wherever you are and it jumps to the end and starts recording there for you. And that will save you a lot of time over the long term. Now, just a note, I'm not going to go that deep into every shortcut, but I want to just to kind of set the stage so you knew how much time-saving there can be in understanding different features in your DAW. There are similar opportunities for different features and other shortcut keys, so know your application. Some other keys that you might wanna know, inserting a new track, dropping a marker, adding a region, or as it's called in Audacity, a label. I think markers are actually called labels too. And we'll talk more about markers and regions and labels a bit later on because they're another tip toggling ripple editing or as it's called an audacity sync lock tracks they aren't quite the same in execution but they're pretty close and basically as you move stuff around it'll move the audio in other tracks if they're synced or locked together or you have ripple editing set up so that's also really handy zooming in and out which is really nice to be able to just hit a button and zoom in hit a button and zoom out without having to get that the mouse wheel just right, or clicking the little magnifying glass. Now, in Audacity specifically, there's a keystroke to repeat the last applied effect, which is really useful when you need to apply an effect more than once. You can use this in a lot of cases with like noise reduction. And then triggering the file render is another shortcut key that you want to figure out. And those are the most standard ones that I could come up with. You can also assign keys to actions that don't have a shortcut key and you can change them however you'd like. So if you use Audacity, which I'm going to assume most of you do, you do that by opening preferences and then clicking keyboard and all of the actions that Audacity perform are right there. You can see whether or not there's a shortcut key and what that key is. And then you can add new ones or change it if there's something else that makes more sense to you. Like maybe the T makes more sense for adding a track than shift T or whatever. So definitely modify and learn your shortcut keys. And add keys to actions if you use it all the time and it doesn't have a shortcut key. After you've figured out shortcut keys, look into macros. I have a bunch of macros set up that perform multiple actions with a single keystroke. Unfortunately, I don't think Audacity actually supports macros. So you'll just have to stick with multiple shortcut keys to get the same thing done. But a lot of other DAWs do support macros and have macro capabilities. The one I use in Reaper, most often I creatively call it split and delete. And essentially, it's a macro that takes a selection I've made, splits the audio item on both ends of the selection, deletes the selected portion, and closes the gap. Which, uh, in Audacity, that's actually just accomplished by selecting a region and hitting the delete key but Reaper and a lot of non-destructive DAWs, Audacity is what's considered a destructive DAW, it works a little bit differently. So you have to split the item and then close it up, and that's necessary before you go and delete something. Otherwise, you'll delete the entire item and not just the selection. So that's macros. Definitely look into macros or understanding if you can set up maybe a sequence of shortcut keys that are close together. If there's Maybe a sequence of steps that you take all the time in the same order. Next, take the time to clean up your workstation. And by workstation, I don't mean your desk. By workstation, I mean your audio recording interface. There are a bunch of buttons and toolbars and features of recording applications, especially if you're using something else other than Audacity. And it just comes with a bunch of stuff that you don't need when you're just recording one voice track or maybe even just adding an audio bed, the stuff gets distracting and it can add some clutter to the window. So figure out if you can remove that stuff from the window that you don't need. Toolbars, panels, buttons for features that you never use, duplicated track displays, a mixer panel, anything that might be in your way that you never use or never change the settings on. Customizing your interface will go a long way to making you more comfortable and quick in your application, and it removes some distraction, which is always nice. Next, we're going to talk about the regions and markers. Figure out how regions and markers, or as they're called in Audacity, labels work. They can save you a ton of time. Markers are really useful ways to quickly mark mistakes as you're listening back to your recording. And then, you can go back later and fix it. Remember, it's always most efficient to batch your work, so you should do all of your recording at once, and then you should go through and remove all of your mistakes that you marked with the clicker. Remember we talked about that. Then you should proof your recording front to back and listen to it while you're reading your script to make sure you followed the script and didn't say one word when you meant to say a different one. That happens a lot. So when you're proofing, if you find a mistake or something you want to fix in recording, don't just stop what you're doing and hit record and fix it right away. Mark it, drop a little marker in there that lets you know where the mistake was so you can come back to it later and you can keep listening and reading your script and just get through that process first. Then go back and do your pickups. And pickups are what we call it in the industry when you have to just fix a small bit of a sentence. Every time you stop and switch tasks, you're losing time and you're losing brain power. And you need to keep your brain power. We're all limited on that. In Reaper, you drop a marker with the M key, and you can do that at any time when the audio is playing. It drops a flag right where the audio is being played. In Audacity, to do it, you have to use labels. And to do that, you have to click where you want to drop one, and then hit Control-B or Command-B if you're on a Mac. It adds a little label track, drops a little line, and then lets you name it if you want to name it. I use labels to, like I said, indicate mistakes in my narration that I need to go back into the booth and fix. So after I listen to the entire recording and I drop my markers or my labels to indicate where I made a mistake, then I can easily find them and fix them later on when I need to go through and do the fix. And then I remove the markers as I fix the mistakes so I don't confuse myself later and wonder why I dropped a marker there. Now, labels are also what Audacity uses for what a lot of other DAWs call regions. And essentially, a label can be used in Audacity to label an instance in time or a selection of time or a span of time. The time selection is what we're concerned with now, and that's a region in a lot of them. You can use the label over a selection of time or regions to speed up the generation of multiple files, basically speed up your file splitting. And that will save you a ton of time because most of the time in e-learning, pretty much all the time in e-learning, you have to create multiple files for your project. So you can drop the small file on various elements, or maybe you have one file for the slide and then hover over this to hear a different thing within your authoring tool. And you'll have to split those files up. So you can use labels or regions to speed up that file splitting and file naming process. To use the label or the region, you just select the area that you've identified that you want in a file. You hit Control b again in Audacity, or in Reaper, I hit Shift-R. I think I set that up as an action, and it sets up that selection as a region, and then you can name it, and the best part of this is what you name it becomes the file name. So when it's exported, whatever you named that label will become the file name. So boom, the file is named correctly when you've exported the recording as an MP3. In Audacity, you'll use the export multiple function to export the labels, not just the export function. Then all of your files will be split up automatically, they'll all be named correctly, and you just go and drop them into your authoring tool. And you've saved yourself a ton of time splitting and naming files. And that is the end of this series on time-saving tips for the narration project. We've covered script writing, we've covered recording, and we covered editing. Hopefully, you've pulled out one or two or multiple tips that you can use on your next project, or maybe even the current project. Let me know if any of these tips have saved you some time, or if you have one that I didn't know about or I left out. I'm happy to share it with the community on a future podcast. Just send me an email to host at diynarrator.com. Check out the show notes for this episode over at diynarrator.com slash zero one zero or zero ten. We're officially in the double digits which is pretty cool. If you have any questions or would like to hear about something specific on the podcast, feel free to send me an email or look me up on LinkedIn. Connect there. Send me a message. Happy to hear any of your ideas for future episodes and help you out with anything you might need that is e-learning narration related. And be sure to subscribe. You can find the link over at diynarrator.com. I'll catch you next time. Have a great week and make sure you're doing great work.